I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Due to our pandemic experience, we've all had to revisit the way we approach eating and meal prep. And we know that often the burden of meal planning falls on women a little more often than on men, along with other duties such as childcare. However, if you're a man listening to this and you're the cook in your household, we see you and we love you. And this is why I'm happy to partner with Good Food for this episode of the Brand is Female podcast. Good Food is truly revolutionizing the Canadian grocery experience as we know it. As a busy entrepreneur who's usually on the go, I'm here for all of it. Although home-cooked meals have become a new staple in my home, thank you, lockdown. Good Food makes it ultra easy to try new food and flavors with their fast delivery in as little as one hour. I can choose between restaurant quality meal kits, ready to eat foods, and quality grocery selection, which truly gives me access to fun and healthy meals whenever I want. This is great for families or if like me when you're cooking for just one. For Toronto and Montreal listeners, you can now take advantage of free one-hour delivery and for everybody else, free same-day delivery. Visit makegoodfood.ca to learn more about how to get farm-fresh ingredients and chef-designed meals, and that would be a woman chef, delivered to your door fast. This week, I'm talking with Vancouver entrepreneur Nisha Grewal, the founder of Embury Beauty, a line that's captured the attention of retailers such as Neiman Marcus and A-listers, including Kourtney Kardashian and her lifestyle platform Poosh, who even featured the brand and hosted an event with Embury. Not bad for a first-time founder. Nisha was inspired by her Indian upbringing, which included the use of natural ingredients to tackle beauty challenges when she was growing up, something that she drew from when creating her line of potent beauty products, including her famous evening serum or hydrator cream. Here is our conversation. Nisha, it's a pleasure welcoming you to The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Good. I want to start by asking you uh, to go back in time a little bit. And growing up, what did you think or what were you dreaming of doing as a career later in life? So growing up, um, you know, I I was raised very uh, much so with uh, strong work ethic. My family was very much so, you know, work hard, you have dreams and aspirations. And the only way that they're going to be achieved is if you put in the work that is needed to attain them. And so I think for me, I always had that sort of vision of being an entrepreneur, doing something that I that I loved, uh, being very much so outside of the box, um, and, you know, just having a career that I just felt fulfilled doing every single day. Um, That I think just was sort of instilled in me to just go after what I really, really wanted to do um, and just not hold back. And tell me about your path a little bit. um, And, you know, were you kind of thinking of creating a beauty brand since, you know, you were young or is that something that kind of came up later as an idea? And tell me a little bit about the steps to getting there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I graduated uh, from UBC with a psychology degree. 
Um, but I always had a vision of starting my own business uh, mm. once I had completed that as well on the side. Uh, after I completed my degree, I actually um, began studying for my chartered financial analyst designation. Um, and, you know, while I was in that journey and after I did my level one exam, I really found sort of a niche in the marketplace for a beauty brand relative to the one that I've started now. Um, I found, you know, that this was sort of missing from the sector and I really wanted to explore this after that, you know, I had a major drive to start a project that I could, you know, create from the ground up and now see on shelves of stores. So for me, you know, I always had that in me. Um, and I'm happy to say that now I've, I've been able to conquer that. It's just, for me, it's a, it's a fulfilling career where, you know, you're able to see your products live life on the shelf. Um, but yeah, definitely. And, and that's so great to hear. Um, I wonder who your inspiration was, and maybe it's inspirations, plural. Yeah. And I'm especially interested in hearing about any uh, women role models that were around you. Yeah, you know, for me, I think when I was starting this, um, this journey with Ambari, I really looked to Victoria Beckham. Uh, reason why is because I feel she is a huge name um, in beauty, in fashion. Um, and just just the way that she also carries herself otherwise with her family, um, you know, the way she sort of displays herself amongst her community that she is able to sort of do it all. She was very much so a huge inspiration for me in the sense that, you know, like you could see her do what she loves, but then also ensure that everything surrounding her was taken care of as well. I mean, obviously on Instagram, I see that she's a, you know, a doting mother, a, a loving wife, mm -hmm. everything all sort of put together. So I think that was definitely my celebrity inspiration. As far as the people around me, I have lots of um, strong female entrepreneurs around me who are, you know, constantly, um, juggling work-life balance, but then succeeding in everything that they're doing as well. And to me, I find that is a huge inspiration, um, especially for a day like today, where I find the more you see it around you, the more you are driven to sort of attain that or go for the goals that assimilate more towards yours that you have, that you're aligned with. Mm -hmm. Love that. Tell me a little bit about, you know, when you did decide, you know, to start your brand and what were those first few steps that you took? Beauty is obviously, it's a saturated area. There, you know, there are a handful of large players that dominate the market. Um, it is a tough sector to, uh, you know, be, become kind of unicorn into. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it took it it took guts, obviously, to be able to uh, launch your brand in in that sector. Um, what seemed like a challenge, and what seemed like the opportunity for you when you first uh, started your brand? I think, um, like you said, it is a very saturated market. However, I felt that the formulas we were creating were just so different than what was offered to um, you know customers out there and also i think the biggest thing for me is when we we started formulating in 2019 it took us about i would say two years and a little bit to finalize our formulas and mm -hmm. so that sort of you know during the time we were in finalization 
the lockdown hit in 2020. So that was a huge um, roller coaster for us because that's when we were planning on launching. And so mm-hmm. now we're in obviously a world where it's, you know, it's uncertain times. You don't know what's happening. Um, there's beauty brands that are going bankrupt, some really large ones. And you are starting this new brand hoping that, oh my goodness, is this going to work? Now you have everything sort of against you. You've got the supply chain against you. The shipping was crazy. Are retailers even looking at new brands or are they just trying to stay afloat? Um, So we definitely had a lot of challenges uh, when we were launching, but I, you know, felt that what we were offering to everyone was so different and our products were so fantastic. Like we say to everyone that after one use, this product will change your skin. And we stuck by that. And I did clinical studies to just back all of that up. And so when we gifted retailers and they used the product, they fell in love. So I think that's Mm -hmm. a true testament to our practice, our formulation and our brand that we say who we are. And, you know, now we're now we're here. But I think definitely that was a huge battle for us. R&D, when we first launched, uh, you know, that's the fun part for me. I feel creating the brand, creating the product, seeing it come to life. Um, so during that phase, there wasn't any major hiccups, but right about when we were ready to launch, that's sort of when I felt everything came crashing down just with the world in general, um, which delayed our launch, just not a big deal. Um, it delayed it to this February and so far so good. We've mm-hmm. We've combated that. That's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. You're from Vancouver um, and you I've, I've read interviews where you've spoken about how your Indian South mm-hmm. Asian heritage has inspired part of your approach to beauty. Um, and you you made reference to your mom and traditional you know remedies that she would use. I'd love to hear more about that. And, and was that an important part of building the brand for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, growing up, you know, my mom would put a lot of adaptogens. Um, she would make a lot of paste out of adaptogens, such as like turmeric or um, even moringa oils and amla oils. And she would apply this to our face or our hair as just a natural way of sort of cleansing our skin. And mm-hmm. I found um, a lot of benefits from using these products growing up. And even just part of being, a, just being Indian, uh, brides typically before they get married, they get lathered in this turmeric paste, which is a natural paste made um, just to bring out their glow and remove any impurities they have before their big wedding day. Um, mm-hmm. So this was definitely uh, used on me growing up. And I felt that because it's a natural material from the earth, that it provided such amazing results. I wanted to really incorporate them into my skincare line um, to bring those results to customers around the world. Mm, that's that's very nice. I love that story. Yeah. Um, you're also you're. I believe you're still 28. Or I read yes. an interview recently where you were 28. Great. Yes. And <laughs> when you you know first started knocking on doors, whether it's you know potential retail partners or yeah. um, suppliers, you're, you're a newcomer in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. How how were you received, and how was your concept received? And being a young woman, did you find mm-hmm. there were any challenges or you know gender or even yeah. age bias associated? to that 
Surprisingly, I didn't. Um, it was actually a really great experience. Um, everyone that I was sort of speaking with, you know, it, it was never perceived that they knew I was younger or, you know, maybe less experienced. I didn't have that feeling at all towards anyone. And I think that has to go with also the years of research that I'd put into my brand. I really made mm. myself a true expert of, right. you know, who we are and what we are about. And I think that confidence really um, exuded when I was speaking to them. And, you know, it's more so like the proof is in the pudding kind of thing. Like they knew mm -hmm. that when I was speaking about Ambari, it's like, okay, she knows what she's doing kind of thing. It's not like I was nervous and I didn't, I didn't allow myself to feel intimidated in front of buyers because I was so confident in what we had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that truly helped as well. But I do have a great team around me as well that have, you know, launched brands and they've seen great successes with it. So I had a lot of great mentors around me. Um, but definitely, I didn't feel any sort of challenge when it came to dealing with suppliers or buyers. Everyone's actually been very great and um, wonderful. That's great to hear. And I'm glad things are moving in the right direction. And I think we've seen a few, you know, emerging brands in beauty led by, you know, younger women. And I think that helped kind of shape the path as well, right? Because mm -hmm. they, we, you know, they've think thinking of several examples, but brands that have really reached, you know, a highly popular and, and highly successful status. So I think, you know, there's been, there's been a little bit more proof of concept uh, with, uh, with other women led brands in the beauty sector recently. Um, Tell me about finding those partners. So you just talked about the, the team that you were able to build around you. Um, how did you go about finding them? And, you know, what were those conversations like when you first reached out? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So when I first actually met with my chemist, um, she was actually referred to me by a good friend. And so when I was uh, speaking with her, it's, you know, it's, it's very interesting because when you find one person who it is so great at what they do and they've just, you know, proven to the world that they can launch formulas for various different brands and they just like are so successful, it's amazing how much knowledge that one person has and what that can branch out to. So even just you know speaking to my formulation team on a day-to-day -day basis because they're so involved with other people that's what led me to more introductions to more mm -hmm. um you know other people that could assist me with my brand which then from them led to more other people so it's sort of like a chain effect um you know and i'm, I'm very grateful for the few key key people that i've started this this journey with but I think that's just sort of how it works. It's just like the spiraling effect and just time and place. Um, trade shows, I feel, are huge. And yeah. Mm. And I also read that, um, I mean, and, and your distribution is already impressive, right? Mm -hmm. You're in Bergdorf Goodman and Neiman Marcus and you got amazing buzz. And we'll, we'll talk about the collaboration with, uh, um, with the Kardashians shortly. Mm -hmm. But um, when you, and I, and I read that you did receive support from uh, a financial institution and you're considering VC, um, 
so tell me about kind of your strategy for growing the brand, because for a lot of beauty brands, you know, they look for that VC funding because obviously making cosmetics is expensive. Yes. Um, so I'm curious to know what, you know, what is the kind of the, 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 the ideal path for you and how you see growth mm-hmm. already having, having had a few very successful months uh, just after launching. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that route is, that route can be, um, you know, when you are pitching to investors, you have to be showing, you know, growth in that stage. And then as soon mm-hmm. as they see the growth, I feel that's where they get hooked uh, in the sense of, okay, there's potential. So we started from here, now we're here. And then now what's the next three, four years going to look like? And so with us just being launched in February and now we're in late October, our growth has been enormous. And Mm -hmm. so for an investor point of view, I think that's obviously great to hear. Um, Of course. I think it's just the biggest thing is when you do get the investment, the main thing is how are you going to spend it? How are you going to maximize the return that's going to come in and the value so that they are happy in turn you'll receive more investment, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what happened, A, is our products are, you know, they speak for themselves. That's sort of how this whole collaboration that which we'll obviously get into later has come into. And it's sort of really put us on on the map. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in the next couple of years, we're looking at uh, international expansion. We've already been speaking with people overseas um, on how we can get the product there. And it's just sort of like a spiraling effect. I think you just once you've got the momentum, you just have to keep going. There's there's no sort of break because you don't want to risk that at all. Right. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice, plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Today's episode of The Brand is Female is brought to you by Good Food. I love how dedicated Good Food is to continuously evolving and meeting the needs of busy Canadian food lovers. And while just about anyone who relies on a nutritious home-cooked meal to get through their day. With our ever busier lifestyles, Good Food truly knows how to make Canadians' lives happier and healthier every day. Visit makegoodfood.ca to learn more about healthy meals delivered straight to your door. What would you say is one of the bigger lessons that you learned and maybe since, you know, since building the brand, starting the company and maybe something you weren't expecting that, you know, you've discovered or, or, or learned, uh, you know, throughout this adventure? So I think some of some of the hurdles that I've actually had to go through just with Ambari internally and stuff is ensuring that the people you're working with are all aligned with the vision and the, mm. the end mm-hmm. vision. And yeah. obviously me being the CEO of this company, I I work very closely with 
my team members, with you know other independent contractors and stuff, and just ensuring that we're all on the same page and no one's trying to um, steer the vision left or right. And mm-hmm. you know, I've had a, a, a scenario happen where even just in the design process, um, you know, I wanted my text and my color and my bottles to be a certain way. And I was getting veered to go left. And, you know, if I went that way, I don't know what would happen because that's huge. That's your packaging. That's your branding. You know, I think you have to stay clear and it's really easy to get hazed in a situation when you are seeing success and you're seeing, you know, all the great inbound from everyone. But once your vision sort of gets distorted, I think that's when things can go a little bit haywire. And I think you just mm-hmm. have to sort of, um, you know, stay humble in the sense that, okay, no, this is the end goal. You know, there's obviously room to shift here and there, but you can't let other people um, sort of get in the way of that, especially if it's really deterring you um, off path. Mm-hmm. What does being a leader mean to you and what kind of responsibility do you feel, you know, with the the concept of being the, the founder, the CEO, you know, the, the at the helm of this entire company and brand? So for me, I really make sure that everyone that I'm working with feels like we are a team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows, obviously, I am the CEO. However, I do not let anybody feel Uh, that they have to be walking on eggshells around me. You know, I want people to be able to do their job with no hesitation. Um, And I, I truly try to make everyone around me, even just my core team members feel like, you know, what, what is your opinion on this? Like I, I trust you. I, that's why we're working together. I respect your opinion and, you know, sort of let them take, take the lead in that initiative. And I'm here for the, the you know, major yes or no's, but I really want it to be a collaborative environment where everyone's able to speak freely. Uh, you know, if there's any issues, I'm here to speak to them on that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just make it a very safe area for people to really bring out their greatest potential. And I think that's been working amazing so far, um, you know, to date everything's been great so yeah i think that's i think that's but the the biggest thing just to add on to that is knowing when to turn that that leadership role on even more because there are instances where you are the team member but then you also have to be the boss mm-hmm. um when it comes to even you know for example making financial decisions um so i think as long as there's a there's a happy balance between both it should it should be all good Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Are you someone who makes decisions more in kind of an intuitive manner? Or are you somebody who likes to see all the data or maybe it's something, you know, in the middle? Um, I think it depends. Uh, depends on what decision I'm making. Typically, I like all of the above. I like the data mm-hmm. and I also, you know, it's intuitive as well. And sometimes, you know, if it just doesn't make sense at all during that time period, because we have other things going on, then we just, I just, I just, I don't, I don't completely cancel things out. I just put it on the back burner and try Mm -hmm. to see if there's another opportunity for it. Right. That's a good approach. Mm -hmm. And what do you think are skills or, you know, personality traits that you bring 
to the table as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a female founder that make you kind of especially, um, you know, gifted at what you do or Mm -hmm. that kind of bring value to your work? I think when it, in regards to working with other people, I think communication um, and really understanding different points of views and not just saying that, you know, one way is the right way. Um, I think that sort of takes uh, experience and understanding how different people work. And this is where I feel like my psychology degree really kicks in because <laughs> sure. when you're when you're working with people, you have to be able to, especially in a creative business, um, mm-hmm. you're dealing with people, you know, from digital to creative to marketing. There's, there's so much creativity that is happening that I feel um, if the more communication that there is, the more understanding that there is. And, you know, to be able to sit there and listen to why people want to do things a certain way. And if they have a great reason to just exploring, just even having that conversation, like I see it around me all the time where people don't even conversate. And then a lot of people are just left wondering, okay, what, what just happened? Did they don't have a clear understanding when they're walking away from something? And I truly think that is one of my, my qualities that I bring in, um, you know, making sure that what's the word Switzerland (laughs) when (laughs) issues arise. Um, So I definitely think that's one of my greater qualities that I do bring into my, um, my work. And, um, you know, other than that, it's just, I think, I think I do. I also have a very creative mind. I have very, very big goals and visions that I feel, you know, no one can sort of step in the way of um, Mm. reaching arms and lengths that, you know, in my wildest dreams, I can, just try to work for it and feel that, you know what, this is going to happen. We're going to make it happen one way or the other, and let's just keep driving towards it. So I think having that big picture mind definitely assists um, and not being reluctant to take certain risks. I think, mm-hmm. you know, business is all about risk taking. Uh, as long as, you know, it's not something crazy, um, but sometimes it might be necessary to move forward. You never know. Mm-hmm. So I think just having an open mind is is definitely a good quality, um, I feel, especially when you're working in a very creative land. Mm, for sure. And speaking of going for your dreams and risk-taking, <laughs> um, I want to talk about your partnership with Poosh and with uh, Courtney Kardashian specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about how that came about. I mean, you're, you know, you're from Canada originally. Um, obviously, this is someone who gets pushed, you know, a ton of products and gets sent uh, a lot of things, especially in the beauty industry, I would expect. So tell me about that encounter and also what it's led to for you and your brand. Absolutely. So we launched in February of 2021 um, and we launched exclusively with Neiman Marcus and um, Bergdorf's was a little bit done after that. And so during this time, we had begun gifting um, celebrities, influencers, tastemakers, and we had gifted the Poosh team and they had tried our product. And once they gave us our feedback of how much they fell in love uh, that's how sort of the next steps began the conversations of our partnership and what we can do together and you know as you can see on social media we've we've kicked off in september um we've we launched with a event at courtney's in courtney's backyard we did sort of like a spa oasis for herself her family her close friends 
Uh, they all had facials done with our products and we had such amazing feedback from them. And now I think just about like actually two weeks ago, we launched our reel with her, um, you know, where she's using the products, talking about her skincare routine with them. And yeah, there's there's a little bit more left to go until the end of the year. Mm, that's fantastic. Congratulations on, on that. On that, That's such a, a huge get. And it's very interesting that you kind of, you know, you, you really trailed or, you know, you're a trailblazer, you built your own path and you made these opportunities happen for yourself. And it brings me to want to ask you, do you find there's enough support for women entrepreneurs um, in Canada? And it could be in your industry, it could be generally speaking. We know, for example, in VC, women, you know, female-led brands are still typically underfunded. Mm -hmm. um, what's your take on all of that? So, I mean, this it's so far from, and I can only speak on my experience, um, you know, I haven't had to deal with any major, major hurdles uh, in comparison to, you know, maybe other companies that have been run by men, or I haven't, I haven't witnessed any of that, nor have I experienced it myself personally. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in the beauty industry, especially when you have, I mean, majority of the influencers, tastemakers and celebrities that we're reaching out to, they're all women. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, especially having um, Poosh have, you know, a brand that has major global awareness being in partnership with us really proves, you know, a lot to maybe people who are in the VC world that beauty brands are huge. They're massive. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's just sort of come to light maybe in the last five years, at least from what I gather, that these these brands are so big. They are, you know, they influence majority of women and even men because it's what you put on your skin day to day. Like you don't realize it because it's such a different sector. Like, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of, you know, may, maybe a lot of men who are VCs, they, they say, oh yeah, like, you know, their wives use it or this and that. But like, I think that conversation is becoming very open now because majority mm -hmm. of the, the investors I speak to, they're amazed by the story. They're amazed mm -hmm. by the product. So I think the, that, that narrative is definitely changing. And again, I'm just speaking from my experience. I haven't had to deal with anyone who has sort of shoved it, you know, off their shoulder, like, oh, mm. it's a beauty brand. Like I've never had to deal with that so far. Um, but I think that's just because the people are opening their minds more to different sectors uh, when it comes to investment. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And again, I'm glad, you know, we're, we're slowly seeing the, the needle shifting, which, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Um, what do you think FEMA founders bring to the table? And, you know, we talked about leadership traits before, so it could be related to that. But, you know, what, what do you think women have in terms of strengths when it comes to running a business, building a brand and leading a team? Yeah, I first I think women are superhuman. I think we can <laughs> we can conquer, you know, quite a bit when it, especially, you know, like majority of the people that I work with are women. Um and just to hear I feel 
in the background they're they're navigating their families you know they're doing kids school drop off but then they're also you know present when they need to be present with work just the the act of multitasking i think mm. is huge um <laughs> you know multitasking and being um you know open to hearing the way people feel or how how does this how does does this situation affect you how can we make things work i think just having that you know moves mountains when it comes to creating a brand especially in the creative space um you know just being agile and understanding that this way is not the right way we don't we don't need to be in our office from nine to five to get things done it could just be yeah. a little bit hazy but at the end of the day the work will get done and so will a whole other things right so i think that's that's truly um, a testament obviously myself i'm a mother as well so i appreciate when other people are in that same situation um because then they can understand it's okay if you know something's running behind as long as it's done by the due date it doesn't need to be done by the five o'clock deadline because there mm -hmm. are other commitments and just being understanding to that is huge. Mm, yeah. So, so well said. I, I agree with all of that. Um, how do you, and it's interesting because you've built a brand that's, you know, about lifestyle and skincare and it connects to wellness, taking care of ourselves. How do you stay grounded and sane? And I won't use the words, you know, <laughs> keep balance because I mm -hmm. think that's impossible to achieve. Not, not all the time, at least. Um, so how do you ensure you, you know, prioritize yourself and uh, keep time to, uh, you know, to keep keep two feet on, on, on the ground and, yeah. and uh, stay? Uh, I'm, again, I'm trying to find yeah, <laughs> this, like I'm trying to find an alternative to finding balance. So I'll, I'll just yeah. stick with staying grounded. What does that yeah. look like for you? I think the biggest thing for me is um, compartmentalizing my time, um, allocating certain topics or uh, you know even certain meetings or anything in in buckets so for example i have a monday i know during this time i have to you know be with my kids during this time i have to take meetings and during this time i have to do xyz um and just tasking them like okay what's urgent what can wait till a little bit later and what can wait till tomorrow because i think the biggest thing that i had to deal with at the beginning of when i started ambari is i need to get everything done today right even though yeah. the due date may be next week but yeah. then i just end up overworking myself that by the time i am going to hang out with my family i'm not pleasant to be around Mm -hmm. I'm just overworked. I'm exhausted. And I found that I was doing that too much because there are times where it's super busy. And then there's times where it's just a little bit like relaxed. But I mm -hmm. think if you're able to, and I, I don't like to use the word balance either, but if you're able to find um, times and pockets of the day where you're able to sort of give yourself that, you know, 15 minute break to have a coffee and just zone out and just enjoy your coffee and then go back and recharge and do what you need to do. I think those little gestures throughout the day really help. Um, and then just understanding like, okay, you know what, after this time, I'm not doing any more emails. I'm not doing this because I'm hanging out with my kids and being present mm -hmm. with them. I think that mm -hmm. definitely has now kept me more sane um, because I just, you know, shut it off. And right. um, 
just finding, you know, even and, and for me, I can't find something for myself every day because my schedule just doesn't allow it. And more so my brain just doesn't allow it. Like I'm the kind of person that will work super hard all week. And then the Friday night I will relax. And mm-hmm. some people do that every night, which is great. And I just can't. <laughs> but mm-hmm, if I can mm-hmm. do it once a week or twice a week for me, I feel that really keeps me leveled. Mm, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. a similar approach. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite question to ask everyone I speak to on this show is, what do you wish women would do less of? I think women really spread themselves thin. Um, and this goes back to the question you asked me prior is, you know, everyone, especially if if you are a mother or if, you know, you're a daughter, you're, you know, you are an aunt, I feel like you are spread so thin when it comes to your workplace environment, your private environment, your personal environment, Mm -hmm. and just giving yourself that, that feeling like, you know what, like what I do is great and I'm amazing. And just having that self-fulfillment, even if it's just, again, like rewarding yourself, I think Mm -hmm. that definitely is something that women should do more of. I think, you know, definitely uplifting other women that are in, the same environment or even if they're not in the same environment i think that is definitely what i would love to see more of and just inspiring the younger generation um you know the greatest thing for me that i've seen while beginning this journey is how many people have wanted to just speak with me younger girls Mm -hmm. and just figure out ways that you know they feel inspired by speaking to someone who may be in the line of work that they want to do um Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like that's, that's definitely what I think women should do more of, um, is just, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I I love that, uh, that take on it. Well, thank you so much, Nisha. It was absolute pleasure getting to know you a bit better. Congratulations on the resounding success that you've already had with your brand. We will link to your website and we invite our listeners to discover the products. I mean, they, they sound wonderful. If, you know, if it, if it was enough to convince Courtney, <laughs> I, I absolutely believe in yes. it. So thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brand is Female. You got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.